ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to the August 1st episode of Heritage of Heroes. I am your host with the most, Dusty Smith. First and foremost, guys, I just wanted to say, for everybody who's still listening, thank you. Um, July was probably not the best month. We had some things going on and whatnot. Tried to get through them and got it all taken care of and back with you in August hopefully to do a lot more as far as our social media getting our name out there and everything like that and of course bringing you guys back with information in regards to fire EMS and law enforcement and the things that are going on in our community thank you for being back I'm glad to be here God it guys you know how they say life is busy well life is definitely busy so not to go into full detail or anything like that, but a couple things that have been going on is, of course, I started anatomy and physiology um, because I'm going to take the paramedic class in September, which is something, as a good friend of mine said, uh, I'm 10 years late on. And hopefully I can do him and so many others who have been looking forward to this proud is my hopes. Uh, we'll definitely wait and see this anatomy and physiology I tell you, it is uh, it's kind of crazy. So we've only been in it for a couple weeks now. And guys, let me tell you, chemistry portion? Oh my God. That in itself was horrible. Uh, I was never really good at science and stuff like that whenever I was going to high school and whatnot. So of course, add that in now, years and years after I've been out of school was just kind of difficult but with some help with some friends and the wonderful world the internet all is going well um so first and foremost just want to hit out a couple things and whatnot as far as sponsors go uh i definitely want to say thank you to all our people who have been wanting to sponsor everything like that you guys rock like I appreciate the opportunity for y'all to even be willing to do that on such a small thing like this. First and foremost, I want to talk about quality aerial solutions. Guys, if you're in real estate, know anybody in real estate and they sell houses, you know, pictures make a property. They really do. Pictures are what do it for a property and with great quality photos come great candidates to purchase these properties so if you're looking for a company that does phenomenal and i mean phenomenal work as far as photos and stuff like that and especially if you're here in eastern north carolina hit up quality aerial solution mike hubel owner operator and photographer man let me tell you this guy's great if you want to see the quality and stuff like that, go check out his page, Quality Aerial, Aerial Solutions on Facebook. And I mean, I'm telling you, he has some of the most big, just just perfect picturesque quality photos. I mean, and you can see like he does houses all over Eastern North Carolina. He's got some great photos. He just did one, a uh, beautiful three bedroom, two bath. They shot in rich lands. It's now available. It's in the river river hills community uh let's see what some other ones that he's done he went to beaufort this past weekend did some wonderful photos down there in beaufort 
and I'm telling you, amazing, amazing. He even uh, he he just he's a phenomenal guy, phenomenal guy. So real estate wise, if you're looking for a photographer or anything like that, or if you want photos for anything else, I think he's doing more than just real estate photos, but he does really well with those. Like I said, go check out Quality Aerial Solutions on Facebook. If you need a telephone number, I'll give you the telephone number. Telephone number is going to be area code of 252-367-1547. Mike Hubel with Quality Aerial Solutions. Top-notch group of people there. Mike is amazing. Let him do your photos. I promise you, you're not. You're not going to be disappointed. All right. Also, want to do another business. While we're sitting here doing businesses, Noose River Tactical, ladies and gentlemen. Noose River Tactical. With the way the world is going today, I mean, it's just crazy. It's, it's nuts. You never know what's going to happen. We're going to kick off and talk about some of that that's going on later. But if you don't have your concealed carry permit, why not? Especially down here, if you live in eastern North Carolina, you're from the south, man. Guns are a normal thing for us. People carry guns all the time. And when the way things are, there's nothing wrong with supporting the Second Amendment and you having the right to carry your firearm, especially concealed. So if you need that concealed carry class or you got a group of friends that want to do it, make sure to contact Philip Heck at Noose River Tactical. Located in Snow Hill, North Carolina, Philip Heck, current law enforcement officer, multiple years on the job, very, very well qualified. He's had experiences, and guys, Philip is phenomenal. He's going to break it down for you. He is going to help you learn how to properly fire your firearm if you need that kind of training. If you just need to conceal carry, he's got the class. You go out there to the range, you fire your shots off and stuff like that. Guys, he is a professional. He's going to do you right. He's not going to do you wrong. He already has some classes set up in the coming future. So definitely get on his page, Noose River Tactical. Check out those classes that he's got coming up. He's got one, uh, let's see, August 27, 2022, currently listed on his Facebook page. Cost per person, $85 well worth it guys well worth it if you want to get in contact with him you can also not only send him a message through facebook you can also contact him at noose river tactical at gmail.com that's noose river tactical gmail.com like i said check out his facebook page noose river tactical on facebook philip heck guys need to conceal care you got a group definitely get in contact with him he's going to do you right all right so guys we have got a lot and i mean a lot to unpack with things that are going on especially here in eastern north carolina guys I, if you don't live around here i mean i don't know what it's like in your area this and that another i can tell you this much lack of better terms has been rather hellacious uh here in eastern north carolina so we're going to start on the blue side first to our men and women, blue and law enforcement. 
guys with everything that's going on right here lately first and foremost what i want to say if you're wearing a badge and a gun law enforcement probation it doesn't matter i'm gonna tell you right now watch your ass do not be complacent with anything and i mean anything that is going on do not be complacent because people don't care and they are caring less and less and less by the day so if you're not from eastern north carolina let me tell you some stuff that's going on okay let, let me just break it down for you for starters let's start in just our area here in green county so in green county here lately not giving any names or anything like that we had an incident where a deputy responded to a call saw the suspect chase the suspect was trying to catch up to the suspect suspect gets in the vehicle deputy tries to get to him suspect attempts to run the deputy over hits the deputy deputy suffers minor injuries suspect flees he ends up getting caught some miles down the road and everything like that. But like literally, suspect didn't care. Use the vehicle, knock around the deputy, whatever the case may be. Okay? That's one instance. Another instance. There's a party going on out in the county. Calls get called for shots fired. Deputies arrive on scene. Shots are just going off everywhere. Deputies are in a world of mess. End up have a deputy involved shooting. There was already one female shot. From the information I have been told and gathered, she was shot in the leg. Like I said, this is just information I've got. So, of course, it's third-hand information. Either way, deputy involved shooting. Okay? So now you got a deputy. He's out on administrative leave. While, of course, SBI does their thing, does an investigation. Another close area, whatnot, where we've got shootings. We had two individuals essentially in one morning within what the span of an hour or so. Two innocent people shot and killed. One vehicle shot up. Now, at 8 o'clock this evening, a standoff with an early 20-year-old male who is being served involuntary commitment papers and shot three deputies in Wayne County. Standoff's finally done from the information in the news that I just looked at. Um, WNCT Channel 9. Wayne County officials say three deputies were shot Monday, today, August 1st, around 11 a.m. while delivering paperwork. This says paperwork. Everything else I've read, involuntary commitment papers, whatever the case may be. 1.35 p.m., Joe Gill with the Wayne County Public Affairs Director says the scene was still active at the 2500 block of Arrington Bridge Road located in Dudley with the suspect still inside. Um, as of 6 p.m., the standoff was still active and had begun had been ongoing for seven hours. Just before 8 p.m., deputies said the incident was over but provided no other details. It was supposed to be a news conference around 8.25 p.m. 
The deputies had been sent to the home to serve involuntary commitment papers when the suspect opened fire. One deputy is being treated at a local hospital. The other two were airlifted to a trauma center in another town close to this area. Closest trauma center we got. Guys, the fact of the matter is, if you're a law enforcement officer... Oh, oh wait a minute. No. Let me go even better than that. I'm sorry. I, I, let me go even farther than that. I meant to do this one as well. And I apologize for it. Um, let me find it. Sampson County Sheriff's Office. Sheriff's Deputy. Uh, what do I want to say? Just a couple weeks ago? Maybe just a couple weeks. I'm trying to find the exact date. Stuff like that. Um, here we go. I'll read you guys also another deputy. Deputy from Sampson County. In the early morning hours of Saturday, July 23rd, 2022, Deputy Caitlin Emanuel of Sampson County Sheriff's Office in Clinton, North Carolina, was shot in the leg numerous times while attempting to apprehend a suspect who was stealing a motor vehicle. Deputy Emanuel was taken to Sampson Regional Hospital and transferred to a local trauma center where she has gone undergone numerous hours of surgery. Deputy Emanuel is a two-year veteran with the Sampson County Sheriff's Office and has been married to her husband, Trent Emanuel, for less than one year now. Um, for anybody that wants to know, that is a GoFundMe page. Um, and from what it says on the GoFundMe page, um, the raise goal was $15,000. They actually raised $15,640 for Caitlin Emanuel. Literally. Other reports, stuff I got uh, as far as Deputy Emanuel. This individual, I'll even tell you the guy's name. Um, he was a felon. Uh, from what I have seen, he was a felon out of, okay, uh, da, 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 da. Michael A. Walthall, uh, who was apparently a felon out of Pennsylvania, stuff like that, was trying to steal a car. Deputy Emanuel got out there, somehow a fight or some sort ensued in the attempt to for her to apprehend, um, Shots were fired. She was shot multiple times. Um, I can't find the article right now, but apparently suspect fled. Second deputy that arrives on the scene to Emmanuel, finds Emmanuel, sees what's going on. Uh, from what one article said, applied a tourniquet, threw her in the car, and took off for the hospital. I commend that deputy. I can't imagine what that was like. or what was, I can't imagine what it was like for... Deputy Emmanuel to be there and be bleeding on the side of the road. You know, just been shot. You're laying there. What else can you do? You know, law enforcement, we were always taught, you know, you fight to the end. You do not stop. Like, you have to have the mentality of no matter what happens to you, if you're down, you got to get up. You have to keep fighting. You have to keep moving. You cannot stop until your absolute last breath. And then, not only imagine what she was thinking, but also to imagine what that first officer that arrived on the scene realized what was going on with her, 
had the good forethought to apply a tourniquet, put her in the car, and then haul ass to the hospital. Because, ladies and gentlemen, the location they were at in Sampson County versus where the hospital was, I'd be willing to bet dollars to pesos. I think it's relatively a 20, 20, 25 minute drive. If I'm not badly mistaken, I, I could be wrong. Um, 20, 25 minutes. I'm sure it did not take 20 to 25 minutes to get her to the hospital. But, guys, with everything that's going off, if you're wearing a badge and a gun, I mean, guys, you, you really, I, I can't imagine. It's not safe. Honest to goodness, it is not safe. I mean, it's never supposed to be safe. I mean, law enforcement officers, we get it, we understand this and that and the other. But even still, the fact of the matter is, it is not safe. Not as safe as it was. Probably never going to be as safe as it was. And there's so many contributing factors to why it's not. You know, people care less. People were willing to shoot officers without thinking twice. I mean, the bad apples of law enforcement setting a stigma on good officers so people are more willing to assault and hurt law enforcement officers because in their mindset, they're going to get them before they get it. There's so many things, and it's just, it's almost to a degree terrifying. How anybody puts on a badge and a gun anymore, I, I don't have a clue. You know, I did eight years, but it was never, it was never like this. I got a friend, um, he's actually running for sheriff in the county that I live in. <laughs> I woke up the other morning, there was a chase, an actual chase went by my house. It was kind of odd because it was like 5.45 in the morning. I'm up getting ready to go to work, stuff like that. And I hear sirens. Well, it was multiple sirens. And from where I live at, you can't really see like the county line. But I heard them coming that way. So I just stood there and watched. Next thing I know, here comes this car. And there are three patrol vehicles right behind them. Lights and sirens going on. Well, the person that they were chasing did have the forethought and the courtesy enough to at least put their hazard lights on while they were getting chased. Of course, Chase goes by my house, back up towards the county seat, so on and so forth. Didn't think much about it. I was like, you know, that's kind of funny. Chase said early in the morning. Well, come to find out later in a Facebook post, my former work partner, um, who now works at a different agency, uh, within the county and stuff like that was actually rear-ended uh, by this individual in his patrol car. Uh, and it was just, it was kind of crazy. I, you know, sent him a message, say, hey, you know, glad you're okay, this and that and the other. That's all what happened. Um, his car, which is one of the newer Ford Taurus, you know, pursuit vehicles and stuff like that, was barely damaged. Their vehicle, which was a BMW, looked like a maybe like a three four hundred series. Heavy damage on the front end. And I asked him. I said, you know, I said the the it doesn't look equal. You know, the damage of your vehicle, damage their vehicle, doesn't look equal. Stuff like that. And 
he told me, he said, well, he said, that's what it means when they say built for tough. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of funny, but guys, it's, it's not really a laughing matter anymore. I mean, it's good that we can have these moments where we can laugh at stuff like that, even, you know, bad situations. Um, it could have been worse. Um, but now we can sit back and we can kind of laugh and joke about it, that everybody's okay and everything like that. But situations like you got with, you know, Caitlin Edwards and now the three deputies in Wayne County, you know, these are moments that's not a laughing matter. You know, even the officer involved shooting and stuff like that, not a laughing matter. And those essentially have come to a point where they're getting to be more consistent and guys I'm going to tell you you really I, I, I you know I feel like I can't preach it enough if you wear a badge and a gun watch your ass you know when you get out on these traffic stops you go to serve a paper hell even handling just a regular Joe Blow call. This shit is this shit is serious these days. It's no joke. Even the most simplest thing. And you know as well as I do, if you wear a badge and a gun, you know as well as I do how easily we can get complacent on things. And don't say it doesn't happen. Because it does. You know it does. I'll admit to the fact that it did. Yeah, there were times that I made traffic stops that I was not as safe as I possibly could have been. There were times I went to houses and stuff like that just because the house looks nice. Or it was in my mind, said, yeah, these people, you know, I ain't got nothing like that to worry about. And it was always the fact of, yeah, well, you know what, you hear about this stuff, and, you know, it happens in big cities or places far, far away. It doesn't never happen here. Wrong, wrong. Now it is. Now it's right here in our backyard right in our own backyard this is happening and it's insane guys today today actually Columbus County Sheriff's Office located in North Carolina barricaded subject shoots at deputies beaver dam north carolina on july 31st 2022 just before midnight the columbus county sheriff's office patrol division responded to the 3500 block of beaver dam road in beaver dam community of columbus county call came in as a domestic okay as a domestic deputies arrived on scene see two adult females and two juveniles deputies were told by a female on scene that brandon delane nobles 33 was at the residence with a gun and would harm himself if anyone approached him. The deputies asked the witness on scene to leave for their safety. While deputies were attempting to speak to nobles, he began firing shots from inside a camper on the property. Okay? He was taken into custody, of course, without further incident. Thankful everybody was okay. Nobody sustained any damage or anything like that. But the fact of the matter is... Guys, this is here. This is happening. This is not just some crazy mess that happens everywhere else but here. We've got to pay more attention. We've got to be careful. We can't be complacent. We have got to stay safe. 
especially you guys with the guns and stuff like that, you guys got to be safe because quite honestly, from the EMS and fire side, we love you guys, but we are not, we're not out here wanting to work on you guys. We'll do it. And you know we'll give every fucking thing we can if we have to. But you guys got to be safe because you guys got to keep us safe. You see how that works? It's a safety thing. You guys keep us safe. We keep you guys safe. That's how it is. Because it's family. That's what it is. It's a family. Blue, white, red. It's all a family thing. And yellow. I forget. Communications. Yellow. So. Guys, just let me tell you. Watch yourselves. And if you're in situations and stuff like this, guys, another thing, make sure you talk to somebody about it. Because this shit ain't no joke. It is a mental game changer. A mental game changer. A lot of people don't want to talk about it. A lot of people don't want to get up in their feelings because of this happened or that happened. They all want to say, I'm okay, everything's perfectly fine, there's nothing wrong with me, or... Something changes here, something changes there. Ah, it's nothing. Da, 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 da. That's bullshit. Okay? That's straight on bullshit. You can say it as much as you want to to get blue in the face, but let's be honest, it's bullshit. You get into situations of stuff like this, you're hurt, somebody else is hurt, you kill somebody, you gotta seek help. You gotta go talk to somebody. This shit will mess you up. Is it going to mess everybody up? No. No, and I understand for the ones that it messes up or it has an effect on, you want to be cool like everybody else and be like, man, well, it didn't affect so-and-so, this and that and the other. Man, he's been through way more shit than I have, and it didn't ever affect him. Well, guess what? You're not him. Not everybody is the same way. Everybody is affected differently by things that happen and things that occur. You know? Like Caitlin Edwards. Like she's going to need to go see somebody after this. This is not just a thing, guys. I mean, this is put in a situation where you more than likely think that you're going to die from this. Is anybody ever going to get to you? Is anybody going to be there to help you? You keep calling it, and these, these seconds are like hours going by, and you're slowly sitting there, and it's just... What do you do? How do you go? This is the shit people need to talk about so they can be okay later. You know, it's been a stigma, and it doesn't need to be a stigma anymore about mental health in our services. Law enforcement, fire, EMS, it doesn't matter. Even dispatchers. Because let me tell you, if I was a dispatcher and heard some of the god awful shit, I was fortunate enough not to hear you know a lot of bad things I heard some things and some things were bad but I can't imagine some of the things like the dispatcher that worked Wayne County the day that covered the sheriff frequency when that shit went down and those deputies were shot and somebody was calling for help begging and pleading for help because deputies were shot that dispatcher probably needs to go talk to somebody. 
How can you manage? How can anyone manage with that in their mind? Because as a dispatcher, guess what? You essentially are that one call. You know, that phone a friend from that game. I I, I forgot what the television show was. You know, you want to phone a friend? Well, that's what that call was. Phoning a friend. And you are the other person on the end of that line. And it is your job and your responsibility to get everybody there. Notify anybody and everybody that you can. To manage and get somebody there just as quick as possible. And to be there on that radio. To answer anything and everything that comes across it. It's a hard thing. You know, it's a hard thing to be a public safety person, be a first responder, whatever the case may be. It's a hard life. We definitely got to look out for each other. Make sure everybody's okay. So, as far as the Blue House goes, guys... Special prayers for Caitlin Edwards, Simpson County Sheriff's Office. Also, for the three deputies who were shot today in Wayne County. Also, a shout out to our other deputy that was hit by a vehicle. From what I hear, he's doing okay. One of the strongest guys I've ever met. Glad he's okay. To the deputy who was involved in the officer-involved shooting. Hope he's okay. I know he's probably not. Because shoot somebody, that's, that's another thing. And then, of course, to my buddy that was rear-ended by the careless and reckless driver who local agency chased and whatnot. I know he's good. I talked to him and he's alright, so. Guys, like I said, watch your six. Be careful out there. Put the vest on, put the gun on, put the badge on. Don't take any freaking call for granted. Treat everything as though it could be your last. What was it General Mathis once said? Be cordial to everyone, but have a plan to kill everybody in the room. Well... There you go. If you wear the badge, that needs to be your mindset. And also it needs to be your mindset to come home. Because we need every single one of you guys. Alright. Moving on into the world of EMS. Guys, let me tell you, there so much going on in EMS. This this was actually a crazy week for EMS. Um, let's start with the fact of the pediatrician in Cobb County, Georgia, assaulting the paramedic. Did you guys see this? I mean, this is nuts. So apparently, a pediatrician called for ambulance to come transport 
a patient to the hospital. Emus arrives on the scene. They end up in a conversation with the doctor. And then it becomes a very, apparently, a heated discussion um, about the capabilities of the paramedics. At which point in time, the doctor, this pediatrician doctor, punches the female paramedic and then apparently decides to take the O2 bottle and swing it around like a madman. I mean, what in the hell is going on? I mean, guys, this is bad. I mean, you know, it's one thing to get assaulted by your patients, this and that and the other, but damn, to be assaulted by a doctor. A doctor. I, I, honestly, I am befuzzled. I am befuzzled. Then not to mention what befuzzles me is the fact of in the article that I read, uh, of course, the doctor was taken into custody, charged for the assault, so on and so forth. Um, paramedic received minor injuries. Um, the one thing I didn't see uh, in the article, which I really wanted to see and I felt like I should have seen, was that the doctor was treated for injuries uh, before being booked into the county jail. Guys, let me explain something to you. Just just because we're EMS providers does not mean we can't throw hands. And especially if your partner's getting their ass handed to them or whatnot, uh, you should be throwing hands. When I worked law enforcement, I started off uh, Lost Police Department. The lieutenant at the time, Jimmy Blanton, great. Great, wonderful guy. Uh, one of the first things he ever looked at me, uh, he was outside washing his car outside the station. That's when I first met him. And he asked me, he said, if we go to a call, he said, if you see me there and I'm getting my ass whooped by this individual, what are you going to do? And, of course, my immediate response is, well, I'm going to get down there and we're either going to whoop his ass or... We're both going to get our asses handed to us. And, you know, that's always been my mentality uh, then and even before is the fact of if something is happening to you or your partner or whatnot, we don't do it alone. We're a team. Honest to goodness, we're a team. I mean, even in EMS and stuff like that, when you learn as an EMT basic or medical responder or whatnot, you are the first priority. You yourself. Your partner is the second priority, and then your patient is the third priority. So, at what point do we not protect our partners? Um, because my hope is that my partner is going to protect me as well. If I'm getting my ass handed to him, my hope is my partner is going to jump in and whoop some ass. And it's sad that we even got to say that, but I mean, the fact of the matter is world is rather crazy right now and apparently uh, it's also happening to EMS 
I mean, not like we don't have enough problems as it is. I mean, we're short staff, overworked, and we are underpaid. And apparently, that's the way things are going to go. Um, we're not getting a lot of change in that. I mean, some agencies and stuff like that are getting the change, but not us. Uh, we're still going to go out here and get our asses handed to us uh, for pennies on the dollar and not make the money that we should. Um, which is kind of interesting because I made a TikTok video um, the other day and stuff like that. And one of the things that I said that uh, I've got some good responses out of is the fact that paramedics should get made, should be paid the same amount of money as RNs. And, you know, I said it and I'm not going to take it back. And I think true words have never been spoken. Um, and, of course, I'm sure, you know, I'd probably get some flack from some hardcore nurses that don't love EMS or paramedics and this and that and other. You know, we have a degree, this and that and the other, blase, blase, whatever the case may be. Well, you know what? You're right. You you can definitely talk about that. You could definitely be about that. And I would definitely agree on that. I mean, you're right. You do have a degree. Um, so what does it say about paramedicine where we could take a class do the same if not more than what you guys can and we don't have to have a degree that's my question there not to mention the fact now I mean yeah they're working towards the fact of people having degrees uh, programs that you essentially come out with a two year degree so we're moving towards there but that, that's always been my biggest question you know we have we have these nursing degrees and this and that and other. Okay, that's cool. That's fine. Whatever. But I mean, still out there in the field, we can still do a ton more things. We do it in uncontrolled environments during any and every type of weather applicable. Why? You, you know, why shouldn't paramedics get paid the same amount that nurses do? You know, I, I'm still to this day unsure why that is the case and why are we not fighting for you know why can't we get this unified front to get the pay higher and then the same question why don't we have nurses having our back look it's not the fact that we're trying to take the pay you get we're just trying to get equal pay for essentially doing an equal amount of work it's not against you guys. It's not saying anything bad against you guys. But in the same instance, if we're all going to be a team and everything like that, hey, if you guys feel like you need to get paid and stuff like that and you deserve that pay, then hey, guess what? Hands down. We're going to say it. Hey, you know, if you guys deserve more pay than what you get, then by golly, I promise you, we got you back. And in this instance, hey, we, we kind of need you back as well. And I'm not saying that nurses don't do that. And I'm not saying that nurses are totally against us, get paid or anything like that. I'm just making this statement. It's nothing against nurses or anything like that. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is people don't want to be in EMS no more. Not like they used to. There, there are still people that want to be, but it is not like it used to. And it's essentially dying. I mean... There's a lot about EMS people don't like. I mean, the schedule's pretty cool if you got that 2472. Um, 
or you could have the Kelly schedule, uh, which, I mean, it's not my cup of tea. Um, You know, the organization I'm working with right now, we're doing essentially 2448s. So we work every third day, which is kind of butt-kicking in itself. But, I mean, it currently is what it is, and it's, it's because of a shortage. We, we do not have uh, enough personnel to fulfill the 24-72 schedule that we were on. Um, and it kind of sucks. I mean, it's taking a toll on everybody. But we're doing the best we can. But I think in situations like this, this is the moment in time where we really need those higher pay raises. And kudos to the organizations out there that are able to do it uh, able to give better pay raises um, was interesting uh, talk about pay raises and stuff like that uh, article from EMS1 the other day on the 25th New Orleans okays payment retention plan for EMS and police now check this out so city of New Orleans uh, passed a big bonus payments for law enforcement EMS. So, from what the article reads, if you work, this is starting next year, if you work in New Orleans as a law enforcement officer, you will be paid a bonus payment of $5,000 for every five years of service with the New Orleans Police Department. Okay? You can max out. Twenty thousand. Okay. For EMS, EMTs will get fifteen hundred dollars every five years of service, and paramedics will get forty-five hundred for every five years of service. Difference in pay between police and fire or police and EMS. Okay. I mean, okay. I think it's cool. I mean, I love the approach and the idea of the fact that the city of New Orleans has done this for their employees. I mean, honest to goodness, I've not seen any other agencies, not saying that there's not, I've not seen any other agencies come out and be willing to do this, which I think is great for New Orleans. Um, you know, just trying to keep retention. Because not going to lie, I think after that first five years, man, you hit that $5,000, I'd be kind of like, hmm, I could definitely put in another five for another five grand. So, I mean, this is just one of many ways that, you know, agencies are trying to keep people because it is becoming difficult. Not, you know, and it's not even just EMS. It's also law enforcement. It's also fire. You know, we're seeing it. People just don't want to do these jobs anymore. It's very difficult in recruiting and retention and things of that nature. And everybody and their brothers doing everything they can to try to figure out ways to keep people and even to bring people in. And, and it's becoming one of the most difficult things in the world. But kudos, you know, to the city of New Orleans for doing that. I mean, like I said, I haven't seen it. Maybe there's other agencies that have done that. Maybe even some different or even better rates of doing stuff like that um another interesting thing talk about pay retention and whatnot so there was another article in ems one 
from July 28th. It says, Atlanta EMS members work to unionize. Uh, the group of medics, EMTs, and nurses said that making Grady EMS a more appealing workplace would help with retention and call response. Uh, a group of workers trying to organize a unit for approximately 180 employees of Grady Emergency Medical Services that provide ambulance and other services to the city of Atlanta and many surrounding areas. You know, unions. I mean, I don't know anything about unions. I honestly really don't. Um, so I don't know how they work, how they function, what all it entails. You know, it. To me, the only time I ever heard anything about unions and stuff, if you watch some of the old mobster movies and stuff like that, you know, there's usually cut-tos about unions and this and that and the other, blah, blah, blah. I don't know much about it. You know, so I can't really attest on the fact of what that's like. But in the same instance, I mean, I don't know. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Um, you know, especially for that agency. Uh, especially for the employees, is it going to make things better? And even with that being said, I know it said, you know, if they get a union, you know, then you got to deal in the whole fact of contracts and this and that and the other. Um, so then it makes me wonder as far as with the current status of EMS or even law or even fire, will we see an increase in unions? You know, if you have agencies and stuff like that that are not paying the people like they're supposed to with everything going on, are you, are you going to see an increase in unions because of the fact people aren't going to do those jobs for free? They're not going to do it for, lack of a better terms, chicken feed. You know, they want to be paid what they deserve, and if these agencies aren't going to do that, you know, one, the agency's going to fall or you're going to end up in a situation like this, you know, you're going to have employees trying to start a union. And then what does that mean? Um, I, I don't know, but I just thought it was rather interesting. And I hadn't seen it anywhere else about unions, but, I, you know, from what I can tell, even just reading the article, I mean, apparently a union thing, that's that's a big deal. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Um, moving forward. Um, and lastly, uh, as far as EMS goes, especially here in Eastern North Carolina, I don't know if there's any truth to it or not. Um, I know that I was looking the other day at indeed.com, just looking to see what kind of jobs, who's paying what, this and that, blase, blase. And in just scoping through, I saw in Salisbury, AMR was looking for EMTs, which is what I thought was very interesting because I didn't even know AMR was in North Carolina. And apparently from AMR's website, they're not. But you know, AMR is a humongous, humongous agency. Um, which is what I thought was very interesting that one, we didn't have AMR in North Carolina. Um, and number two, why has an AMR even been in North Carolina? 
you know, that, that was something I thought was very interesting. You couldn't understand since AMR is such a big company. Uh, of course, you know, their home base is stationed out of Colorado. And then the question, even in that same mindset, what happens if AMR does come in North Carolina? Um, you know, what's that going to do for your convalescent transport companies? And even now to the point with the difficulties in staffing, what about your government agencies and stuff like that? You know, AMR also, from what I've read and everything, does run 911 services in some locations within the United States um, contractually. So, how could that play out uh, with local governments that are having a difficult time in filling positions or even making the ability to finance EMS? Because, of course, you know, we, we're not a financially making organization. I mean, it just doesn't happen. You know, we're, out, we're not out here to make money. Uh, unfortunately, the federal government does not pay us enough in our treatments and transports um, to make any real money to be able to facilitate EMS's own budget. Um, so very, uh, that was the questions running through my head. Um, but yeah, apparently, SonyD.com, AMR, the AMR in Salisbury, North Carolina, uh, and it even says, and as I knew, it was the legit AMR um, with more than 38,000 employees, global medical response team deliver compassionate quality medical care, primarily in areas of emergency and patient relocation services around the world. Global medical response, AMR. Um, but yeah, so guys, I, it was posted two days ago. I don't know, guys. I mean, definitely some interesting things going on um, in EMS now. And, of course, you know, everybody's still looking to the fact of what's going to happen as far as National Registry and this whole situation um, with allowing individuals to test at National Registry who run through state approved classes and not credentialed um, classes. You know, that's still a big thing that's still up. And, you know, there's a lot, a lot of people talking about it. And from what I'm gathering from the articles and stuff that I'm reading is there's a lot of people that do not agree with that. Honest to goodness, um, I'm kind of in that mindset that, you know, hey, I think we should all, you know, everybody should be accredited uh, to run programs like that. I mean, I know, and I I get it, there's difficulties. Um, You got to make sure you, you know, cross the T's, dot the I's. You got to have all your paperwork on point. There's certain requirements and stuff like that that you have to have. But in the same instance, I mean, I want to produce quality, not quantity. And I want to go above and beyond, and I want to be able to have that seal of approval of credential 
for my students to be like, hey, we're we're not just some Joe Blow. You know, we're we're legit the shit teaching you everything that you need to know here. You know, so I, I'm kind of on board with the same thing, man. I mean, I think you you need to have that if you want to take national registry. I mean, because if not, I mean, hey, I get it. You just want to go take a class, get state certified, not worry about national registry. Cool, cool. Um, you know, you do your thing. But I think when it boils down to it, if you want to go for that AMR, you got to go somewhere desecrated. Because I think, honest to goodness, if that, that would really make me question the fact of why a school is not attempting to make accreditation um, and be able to provide that. It wouldn't really be the place I'd want to go. Um, I get it if you ain't got the finances and stuff like that and whatnot, and it's kind of a sucky thing, but I want to be the best, and I want to have the best opportunity to have that. So, but, guys, that's all I got on the EMS side of the house. Um, as far as fire side of the house, don't really have a lot I do have one thing and this is more of a question for everybody else um, and it's going to be short sweet to the point there was an interesting thing the other day that I noticed um, a local fire department which is an actual paid department uh, close to the general area um, provides their firefighters with Kevlar here's the kicker the Kevlar is used Kevlar from their county law enforcement agency. The agency no longer needs that Kevlar, gives it to the fire department. And I really had some questions about that, and I'm really torn in the mindset of that. Um, you guys let me know what you think about it. Basically, here's my thought process. Why are we giving used Kevlar to firefighters? If it's not good enough for law enforcement officers to wear anymore, why are we giving it? I mean, I get it. You know, the fire department doesn't have the money for it. and They're doing the best they can, taking the hand-me-downs and stuff like that. I, I totally get it, but in the same instance, no, really, I don't. If you think it's that dangerous that you have to give your employees Kevlar to wear, then why can't you put in the money to get them Kevlar that one, from number one, actually fits them, is measured for them? And number two, why can't you get Kevlar this end date? Or is brand spanking no? I mean, if it's that dangerous of a job, it's that dangerous of a place, you got to give out Kevlar, then you know what? Don't give me no hand-me-down shit. That probably doesn't even fit me because it's too big or it's too small because that was the only available size and whatnot. No. If it's that bad, get me fitted. New Kevlar. Let's go from here. Because I'm sorry. Their life matters just as much as the law enforcement officers' lives. Hands down. Say what you want to, but that is God's honest truth. Their life is just as important. So why give them hand-me-down shit? 
And if you're the fire department giving your people the hand-me-down shit, then you really need to take a good look in the mirror and you need to figure out what the hell you need to do to make sure your guys have the best Kevlar that there is. If you're going to give them Kevlar, give them the best. You got a budget. Go figure the shit out. Because it's just wrong. It's wrong on so many levels. I wouldn't want to take Kevlar if it was hand-me-down and it didn't fit. Honestly, I just assume by my own shit if it's going to be like that. Because I'm sorry. And, and I mean, that might not be a popular opinion, but really that's my opinion. I mean, if it was your family member that was in the fire service getting handed down, hand-me-down shit that was either out of date and didn't fit, I would hope that you would have the same mental problem that I do. So, that's all I got on the fire side of the house. Uh, not really much going on there, or not at least that I found. Hopefully, you guys will get on the Facebook page and hit me up about shit going on. Guys, I'm all for talking about things and stuff like that, but I cannot do it unless you guys tell me what you want to talk about. Um, as far as dispatch goes, same thing with dispatch, guys. I'm not sure the new stuff that's going on, new technology, this and that and the other. Uh, definitely need some info, so you guys hit me up about that. But, appreciate you guys being here. Sorry about the month of July. And guys, let me go ahead and tell you, it's going to get hectic from here. Um, the AMP class is going until the middle of September. And essentially, as soon as we get done with AMP, we start right up in the paramedic. And it essentially goes from September of this year to October of next year. So we're going to be crushing hard as far as getting everything done between the podcast, social media. We're going to increase social media as much as possible actually after i get done processing this and getting everything put down i'm going to hit up social media to let everybody know that a new podcast is going to be dropping so guys please thank you for all the love and support i really appreciate you guys also for anybody out there remember the softball tournament that's going to be going on the northeast volunteer fire department in the Northeast community, which is actually off Highway 41 between Wallace and Chinkapin in Duplin County. That's coming up, if I'm not badly mistaken, I want to say September. I'd have to go back and check the dates and stuff like that. But definitely go check that out. Support your local fire department. Support your local EMS, law enforcement, communicators. Guys, definitely definitely we all got to be there for each other so thank you very much you guys be safe be wonderful and if you're on the way to work or you're at work i just want you to know as always i hope that you have a quiet shift see you guys later